0: Everyone, this is Mike Lindstedt, president and co-founder of the Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. Well, we're back on our podcast series. We're talking all about forgiveness. This is part three, and today we're going to be looking at the attitude of love when it comes to forgiveness. Yeah. And Mr. Chad,
1: how are you, <laughs> sir? I'm good. I'm good. It's been, a, it's been a good week. Yes. Yeah. Uh, battled through some whatever's in the air. Hit a, Hit my sinuses early in this week. Yeah. So I was feeling a little ran down, but I'm back. <laughs> Couldn't keep me down. <laughs>
0: That's good. That's good. It's been quiet here at Nehemiah Project, sort of. Uh, not that we haven't Other, been other than our plague right. of We've gnats, been, too. <laughs> we have, well, I'm getting to that. So Laura's on vacation, and uh, I text uh, the whole group oh, that you're about to add her all her right the now. staff. Please take out your garbage. <laughs> I wonder if she's listening. To this. And um apparently it was taken out according to the testimony of the ones working. But
1: there was one trash. I,
0: I come in on Tuesday morning and there's gnats. Every and uh little little tiny gnats. So it wasn't like a plague of locusts like Egypt, it was just like <laughs> these little annoying gnats. That you're like you're sitting there working and, they and then you hear this little you know yeah. and it's oh. So the team cleaned up, we all cleaned up and um one of the members of our staff, I won't say the name, uh, had uh, give me some intel. And uh, the intel was that there was uh, some trash that had food in it. and uh, Particularly fruit. Fruit. And uh, that was in Laura's office. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we found the culprit.
0: So, Laura, when you get back, if you're listening to this, it's highly unlikely that you are. Because uh, <laughs> you're on vacation. When you get back, we'll... Uh, We'll talk about it. (laughs) But other than that... I think
1: it was just a good prank by Laura.
0: It may have been. And um, she did well then. If that's the case, case, kudos. (laughs) Kudos to your prank. Oh, (laughs) man. So it's been a good week here. We are uh, busy as usual. But um, today we're going to get into our topic, forgiveness. And really, when we're talking about the attitude of love... Um, yeah. I think it's abundantly clear, uh, based on just what we said throughout all of our podcasts that what we do not mean mm-hmm. is the love that the world would use as their definition. So,
1: yeah.
0: um, we use the Bible, right? The Bible is the word of God. It is inerrant. It is infallible. It is God breathed. Yeah. And, uh, what it says is the truth. And so obviously as Bible students, as disciples of Christ, um, our job is to understand mm-hmm. the meaning of the text, right? um we do believe that there is one meaning with multiple implications applications and significances to your life because when you say something to somebody you have a meaning behind it Mm. right um and so um when god talks about love and more more specifically when he demonstrates his love for us by sending christ to die for us Mm -hmm. um, we have to look to that as the definition of love, Right. right and and the love of God is the self-sacrificial love. It is the love of choice. It is uninfluenced by anything other than God himself. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we as Christians are ultimately called to. We are called to um, be imitators of yeah. God, right? We, we are called to be imitators of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's what we're going to be looking at today, specifically yeah. in the context of forgiveness.
1: Yeah. And that, that's a good um, open mic. And just to give us some recap in our first couple episodes, um, especially our first one, we talked about the world's version of forgiveness, which is really tied to the world's version of love, mm. right? Selfishly motivated. Um, uh, really the the therapeutic or the the unconditional forgiveness that the world tries to... Say that we should do, and the church at large a lot of times even preaches this idea of forgiving without any repentance needing on the part of of the person who who caused the offense mm-hmm. is really selfishly motivated and it's and it's focuses on taking the the weightiness of the offense off of oneself uh, yeah the bitterness or which is a good desire, right. But it also is saying something wrong in terms of it It doesn't really care for the other person, mm-hmm. right? Um, because it's in the rebuking the offense and holding the offender to the standard of repentance that actually leads to salvation and leads to, to hope for them, mm. right? And that's what yeah. brings true reconciliation. And then our episode last week, we talked about God's forgiveness. And we talked about why we need forgiveness because we are offenders because right. of our sin. And that Christ did die, but so sal- but forgiveness is on the condition of of faith and repentance. Yes. Right? So God's love is demonstrated to the whole world that while we were still sinners Christ died for us. And so that really helps us see there that the type of love that God has and is and calls his children to have is that agape love. Mm-hmm. Mike, why don't you, you've explained that on, few, on past podcasts, but yeah. explain for us now sure. God's version of love.
0: The um, Well, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but mm-hmm. essentially agape love is a deliberate ascent of one's will, right? It's yeah. a love of choice, but it's deliberate. I mean, you make that choice consciously um, and it's uninfluenced by the object, right? So right. it's a deliberate ascent of the will to, to place your affection, right, as a matter of duty, duty, Principle or propriety. And so um, God exemplifies this um, in his electing love, right? There's uh, uh, examples of that all the way back from the beginning of the Old Testament to the end of Mm -hmm. the New Testament. Um, where he chooses a people for himself, not because they are righteous Mm -hmm. or, or not because they have any other sort of external merit, but simply because it was according to his good pleasure. And a really clear example of this is in the book of Ephesians where Paul just sums it up. And And I would encourage the listener to go to the book of Ephesians and just see the language that Paul uses. Um, and, and that's a really good sort of descript way of giving us God's definition of love. Um, so that's the agape love, and if I wanted, I wanted to make one comment on something that you had said earlier, Chad. Because mm-hmm. um, there, I think there's a little bit more to this notion of forgiveness and love that we haven't brought up yet, mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be obvious when I say it. Because if you look at First John chapter one verse nine, for instance, yeah, um, this is talking about forgiveness, right? And um, this is actually a really good proof text for the biblical concept of forgiveness.
1: Absolutely. But it says,
0: "If we confess." our sins, right? So there's There's two parties here. There's a condition. There's the condition. If, right? Conditional statement. Yeah. Um, If we confess, homologeo, if we say the same thing as Mm -hmm. God about our sin, Right. um, He, God, Mm -hmm. is faithful and just Mm -hmm. to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, that, that word just is what I want to bring our attention to because in the world 's notion of forgiveness, like we 've already discussed on the past two podcasts, yeah. um, the focus is on one party of the two, right mm-hmm. I need to forgive, and that 's sort of like an emotional sort of um, release mm-hmm. right, but it 's not just right you see because there's been a wronging yeah and, and justice that's requires right. a a a wiping away of that's that offense right. it requires two parties to come to an agreement mm-hmm. right based on um you know, mutual agreement. Mm-hmm. And so um, that justice component to this forgiveness uh, makes a whole lot of sense, right? Yeah. When we start to understand it's God who's um, given us this 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 um, action of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's God himself who shows us what true love and true love uh, and true forgiveness is. Mm-hmm. And this justice component is a part of it. Now that obviously I don't think that that's what this scripture is really focusing on. Yeah. God is just to forgive us because of the payment that's been made, because of the conditions that have been right. met, right? So He will forgive you, right because Christ has met those conditions of forgiveness. Absolutely. On our behalf, what's left for us to do is simply to say the same thing as
1: God about right. our offenses towards Him. Right One well, that confession and admittance of sin for the believer mm-hmm. in, in that context is one of acknowledging the payment that has been made. Amen. Right? So it is still tied to the payment that you have received in faith through the cross and what Christ has done and how he's justified the sinner based upon faith, based upon his righteousness and imputed his righteousness upon us, right? Mm -hmm. So when we come before the Lord and confess, we we are confessing our sin, but we're doing so in boldness because we know our sin has been forgiven and yes. paid for justly. And that's why God is just in being able to promise forgiveness. Right. Because that's the beautiful thing is the the forgiveness from the Lord is promised mm-hmm. based upon the conditions of faith, mm-hmm. right? Um So we can, we should come boldly. A, a true believer, when feeling convicted of sin, comes readily and boldly before the Lord and right.
0: confesses. Hebrews 4, right? Yeah. Uh, Let me just turn to it and read it real quick because this is an important scripture for people to have in their minds as we go into today. Yeah. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4, starting at verse 14, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet is without sin let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need
1: yeah absolutely and so we are able to come with confidence before the throne of god because of christ and so it leads us into a definition today of the forgiveness of believers so last episode we honed in on god's forgiveness and we did that because our main text ephesians 4:32 be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And we talked about last week it made us ask the question, how has God forgiven us? So we uh, did that last week Mm -hmm. in our last episode. And so now we can turn to, okay, well, how do we emulate that? How do we operate within that towards one another? And so the first question we have to ask ourselves is whom should we forgive? Because If there's a condition upon God's forgiveness, and if we're to forgive as God has forgiven, then what condition should we hold? Who should we forgive, right? And some passages of Scripture make it seem or imply that we are only to forgive those who repent. And then we have some that imply that maybe we should forgive without needing repentance that's where the confusion comes from that we talked about in the first couple episodes um when you take some of those scriptures out of context it's where uh, a lot of churches would would build that theology around the unconditional forgiveness which is wrong but they still make it seem that way so how do we understand that so Luke 17:3 through 4 is one that makes it clear that we must um have repentance in order to forgive he says pay attention to yourselves if your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. So there we see in this passage, and there's others like it, that repentance must be part of forgiveness. Matthew 18:15 through 18 is one of those, and, and so on and so forth. But then we get passages like Mark 11:25 that says, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so it's your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So that one makes it seem as if you're praying, the person's not even around, and you're forgiving Mm -hmm. before the Lord without any interaction with the person. So how do we begin to understand this, right, in our own forgiveness? Well, the way we can understand this apparent discrepancy is the best way is to make a distinction between transaction of forgiveness and the attitude of being willing to forgive. And today we're gonna speak about the attitude of being willing to forgive. Mm -hmm. The attitude of love, willing to forgive. So even though we may not be able to fully reconcile with everyone who sins against us, which is part of true biblical forgiveness is reconciliation's tied to it. Mm -hmm. The reality is you're you're gonna interact with people in your world who sin against you and either don't have a relationship with God have no desire to repent for it, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And so what do you do with that, right? Um, does God leave us without answers to that? Of course not. But our attitude toward them should never be one of anger, bitterness, resentment, or any kind of ill will. We should also treat them very kindly and graciously. Well, yeah. You may say, well, how do we do that? Or how do we know that? Romans twelve seventeen through 21. Is, I was just about to read that. Is our wonderful passage. Will you have it up? So go ahead and read it. Yeah, for it, us. it
0: says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight mm-hmm. of all. And if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will reap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. If I could add one more scripture in here. go ahead. Matthew 5 is foundational for um, this this attitude of forgiveness. and this willingness to forgive, mm-hmm. to be ready to forgive. All of these are different ways of saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, <clears throat> starting at verse 43, Jesus says, "'You have heard that it was said, "'You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. "'But I say to you, love your enemies, "'and pray for those who persecute you, mm. "'so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven.'" I'll skip down to verse 46. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Mm -hmm. Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? And do not even Gentiles do the same? And it's interesting he would say that there because this was such a works-oriented culture, right? Mm -hmm. And if it's all about doing more than others, well, then Mm -hmm. how does verse 43, when he says, you have heard it said, which, you know, that was the teaching going around at that time saying you shall love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that doesn't reflect the character of God at all. I mean, right. don't the Gentiles and tax, don't, don't people outside the old covenant do the same thing, Yeah, right? That was Jesus' point, Yeah, is um, we have been called to reflect the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And um, if we think that we should not yeah. be ready and willing to forgive even our enemies, well, then we're not doing anything that reflects the, the character of God, the, the glory of God. Hey everyone, it's Mike here. If you enjoy listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast two times a week, then we'd ask you to consider becoming a builder. What is a builder? A builder is a monthly donor, someone who believes in what the Lord is doing through the ministry of the Nehemiah Project. And one of the many things that we do is this podcast. Our goal with the podcast is to educate people on what the Bible actually says and to encourage people to carry out the truth in their lives. And so, we need the monthly donations from our builders in order to continue this ministry. So, if you want to keep hearing these podcasts, we'd encourage you, head on over to tnproject.org slash donate and become a builder today.
1: Well, let's talk first about how this works, and then we can talk through this verse in Romans 12 about the practicalities of what this looks like, mm. Right. So, the first thought there is, okay, for true forgiveness is tied to reconciliation. In this situation, when someone sinned against you and has not repented, the Bible is clear that you cannot reconcile with them. You cannot forgive them in, in terms of the transaction of it. Mm-hmm. But we're still called to stand willing to forgive and with an attitude of love, which in context with with that helps us understand mark eleven twenty five I read earlier as we stand praying, forgive if anyone uh, you know sinned against you so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you, your trespasses it's that attitude of being willing to forgive and love mm-hmm. right you're still praying for the opportunity for reconciliation or maybe full forgiveness, but you're not holding their sin against them mm-hmm. in terms of um retribution. And the reason why we can do that is because of verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. It's not that sin or evil will not get vengeance. It's not that it'll go unpunished. Because mm-hmm. that's what causes bitterness, right? Mm-hmm. They're getting away with it. It's unjust. Yeah,
0: that, that kind of harps back to that justice element. Yeah, Like like the, the human soul longs for justice. Right. That's why it's always in all the best movies and books, right? It's, yeah. It's because we're made in the image of God. Right. There will be justice, yeah. right? Ultimately. Yeah. But like the beauty of this reconciliation opportunity mm-hmm. is that it doesn't have to be like that, right? Yeah. You can take the justice that was poured out on the body of Christ, Mm -hmm. or you can take it poured out on your own body.
1: Right. And so for those who have sinned against you, and and this is, you know, speaking of the worst situations to the maybe seemingly smaller situations, um, to the one who has committed rape or murder, to the one who has gossiped about you behind your back, right? Mm -hmm. Like just to give a spectrum here. All of it's sin. Obviously, the consequences of that sin are greater in this world. Mm -hmm. Murder is worse than gossip in terms of the implications of it. Mm -hmm. But it's still sin, right? And here's the thing that gives us um, the ability to extend love to other people is one that we know justice will be served. It will be served in one of two places. Either that person will eventually repent And be forgiven before the Lord and their sin will be paid for on the cross. Mm -hmm. Or, heaven forbid, it will be dealt with in hell. Mm -hmm. God's wrath will be poured out. God will not be mocked. Mm -mm. His vengeance will be served. So you don't have to have the pressure of making sure it happens. Yeah, It's you trusting in the sovereignty of God and the justice of God and knowing that he is perfectly just and he knows exactly what needs to happen in that way. The second thing that helps us stand with an attitude of forgiveness and love is the humility of remembering that you deserve that same wrath. Mm-hmm. The reason why we stand with a lot of bitterness and anger towards people who've offended us is because we forget how much we've been forgiven, mm-hmm. right? We forget that we're just as sinful and as bad as that person. yeah, And we're capable of just as much sin as any evil that we see in the world. I know it's hard for many of us to grasp, but I think that's why Jesus oftentimes would always go into the heart where he would talk about in Matthew and his Sermon on the Mount about anger and say, if you've had anger in your heart, you've committed murder, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I get angry all the time. Am I murdering all the time? Well, the heart of murder is anger. So yes, the potential for it is there, right? Mm -hmm. And before a holy God, they're equal although the consequences aren't the same in this life, same thing with adultery. If you have lust in your heart towards another woman, you've committed adultery. And the reason why Jesus is laying out there, it's showing the reality of sin, but it's also showing the equality of all of us needing to be saved, mm-hmm. right? And needing yeah. to be forgiven so that you can't walk around self-righteous or better than someone else.
0: Yeah. I would bring in the story of, um, that's in Luke chapter seven of a yeah. sinful woman being forgiven in Simon, the Pharisee's house.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I won't read the whole story here, but effectively the teaching is, is that in verse 47, um, Jesus says, I tell you, Simon, he's speaking to her sins, which are many, uh, are forgiven for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. Mm-hmm. And, um, This isn't to, you know, to say that obviously um, the more that you love, you know, if you love a certain amount, you're going to be saved. And if you don't, you won't be saved. Uh, It's really more of, uh, it speaks to the the attitude of the heart. Mm -hmm. Like um, here's like a today example, you know, someone who let's say has been convicted of murder, right? Mm -hmm. Is going to spend the rest of their life in prison, but then gets saved in prison and the whole process of salvation is inherently convicting, right? So that that murderer yeah. now realizes not only just the depths of how consequential that was, but also what it looks like in God's eyes. And they realize like, wow, God yeah. is still willing to forgive me.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? And so there's that <clears throat> depth of this individual's understanding of just how costly that forgiveness really was, yeah. right? And then let's say you have like the squeaky clean, I always use this term, but like the squeaky clean individual, right? Yeah. Who's perfect record, right? Maybe got a speeding ticket, right? Yeah. But yeah, they're still a sinner. But because they've lived such a squeaky clean life, Mm -hmm. they don't have the same perspective necessarily. And obviously I'm speaking in generalizations, but they don't have the same perspective on the costliness of their forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? That's not to say that people have to be a murderer to understand how much it costs God to forgive them. That's not right. what I'm saying. Right? But there is that example in Luke 7 where this woman who was actually designated as a sinner in verse 37, mm-hmm. right? Versus the Pharisee, right? right. Um, the sinner clearly understood her need for forgiveness. Yeah. And because she understood that, she because she loved much right <clears throat> she loved right. the the giver of her forgiveness so mm-hmm. much she was forgiven much and she understands that right there's right. that that comparison there so i think it's pertinent to bring up yeah, right because yeah. when we're talking about sins that have been sinned uh, against us mm-hmm. right and like you've mentioned chad there's many grievous grievous ones that are yeah you know gut-wrenching um that is all true how how gnarly that is for lack of a better way of saying it yeah but at the same time like you just said both individuals in that transaction there are both equally sinners before god's eyes mm-hmm. right just because we have been sinned against as as heinous as that sin was that doesn't make us right l- any less of a sinner in the sight of a exactly. holy god
1: and deserving of his wrath the same amen way. and so we don't rejoice in his vengeance. The point of this passage isn't that we rejoice that like oh they they offended me. They didn't ask for forgiveness, so God is going to get them. Like that's right. not the attitude. The attitude of grace and love comes from humility, and humility comes from understanding how much you need forgiveness. Yeah. That your your sins been paid for on the cross if you're a believer and you desire that everyone would experience that because you understand how much you need it and how much of a gift it is. And so that's what allows us to to obey that Ephesians um four thirty two. Be kind to one another, tender hearted. That idea of being tender hearted is can only come from a place of humility and empathy. Like mm-hmm. the one who offends you or the one who sins against you, you should be broken over their sin. Right? you should be broken that they're not seeing their need for Christ.
0: Man, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. For they don't know not what to do. I mean, there it is right there.
1: <laughs> and the whole point of our Christian life is to be made holy and set apart and be made like Christ. And so mm-hmm. we're to emulate and imitate God, our Father, and our and our Lord Jesus Christ. You
0: see, Stephen, the first martyr, say the same thing as he's literally in the process of being stoned to death. Right, <laughs> right. I mean that that is a supernatural grace. I absolutely. believe that's a supernatural grace because absolutely it, it, the flesh will never react like that. Right. In, in the midst of that uh, of your death, right. The flesh won't act like that. That's right.
1: So that's the heart of of um, having a willingness to forgive in an attitude of love. So what should we do? Well, this passage gives us that, right? Repay no one evil for evil. Mm-hmm. You don't give vengeance on them. If someone gossips, you don't go around gossiping, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> if someone breaks into your house, you don't go break into theirs, you know, that sort of thing. But this is interesting. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Why does, this is an interesting passage. Yeah. It first talks about repaying no one evil for evil. This is a between-two-people statement, but then it gives the statement of, okay, give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Now it's there's witnesses. What's the point of that? Why is God's through Paul and Romans, bringing the, the reality of our attitude and our reactions to the witness of other people in this passage? What do you think about that, Mike? Uh,
0: we're, we're called to exemplify Christ in the culture, mm-hmm. and this is a witness, you know, that, yeah. that um, another way of saying it is my side of the street is clean, right? I, yeah. I, you, you are acting in a way that is pleasing to the Father. Yeah. You are, um, the, I mean, the next line so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all, right? I mean, yeah. you have a, we have a public witness.
1: Exactly. And that's why it's important here to stand willing to forgive and have an attitude of love. Our conduct displays the love of Christ, Mm -hmm. even if someone else doesn't want or desire that same love of Christ or that forgiveness from God, right? Because this takes us back to remembering the offense is ultimately against the Lord first and then to others.
0: Here's the, um, I looked up the definition here, the word rather, Mm -hmm. Uh, what is honorable. Actually, in the Greek, it is um, literally what is right, what is Mm -hmm. virtuous, Mm-hmm. What is beautiful? What is the chief good? Mm-hmm. You know. So of course that that would y- be a Christian. Yeah, that's <laughs> you right. You know. That's right. Right? And that people are going to inherently see that that is right. right, that is good, that is honorable. But
1: I think it's an important point to bring about that in the situations where you are sinned against, th- those are opportunities to be an ambassador for Christ in yes. how you respond. It has to start first in your own heart for you trusting in the justice and the wrath and the vengeance of the Lord and leaving it up to the Lord in that way. Mm -hmm. And then it comes into your actions displaying that you have that same trust Mm -hmm. and that ability to love. You can't fake humility. You can't fake this stuff. You have to have a true dependence upon Christ in order to be Mature enough and strong enough to be this witness for Christ.
0: I want to dive a little bit deeper into this text right here, verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought. Now, they translate it in the ESV, give thought, but but literally in the Greek, I'm looking at it right now, it says Mm. take thought beforehand. Mm. So, okay, how is that going to happen? Are you going to sit there and just think about all these possible scenarios? No. What we need to do is be rooted and grounded in the text of scripture Mm -hmm. because the scripture is like a mirror it's going to show you who god is and you will understand intuitively who you are if you're reading it rightly right Mm -hmm. if you don't take it what i mean by that is you don't take a self-centered approach to scripture right right Right. you take a god-centered approach to scripture right and just by looking at how christ carried himself for instance Mm -hmm. it's natural to go what would i have done in that situation right i mean this literally in the greek is saying take thought beforehand uh that that's a, that's an, amazing yeah take thought beforehand to do what is considered right in the sight of everyone yeah like like plan this out christian but how are you going to do that realistically well if you're in the text of scripture every day
1: it's got to be biblical decision making exactly and what we can't do in this podcast is go through every scenario possible right. and tell you how to do that but then that's when you lean on the instruction and the discipline of the Lord and the principles of scripture and the commands of scripture and you have to filter the the reaction and the response through that to know what is right as as if possible so far as it depends on you live peaceably with all. Yeah. Right? And then it comes back to obviously we know the wrath and the of the Lord will be dealt with and vengeance is the Lord's. So then it goes further. To even displaying grace even further. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. Mm. What God is showing us here is God uses the kindness, the the display of his love. Remember, this is coming, we're to forgive as God and Christ has forgiven us. The display of God's love. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. Romans five eight. Like, that is the ultimate <laughs> giving a good gift to those who are your enemies. Right,
0: and that's what's that going to produce? I mean, shame and guilt, right?
1: Right. Like, listen to
0: this cultural note. Well, hopefully, right? Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, right? But listen to this cultural note here. I'm reading from the MacArthur Study Bible. It says, you know, the, the heaping burning coals on someone's head refers to an ancient Egyptian custom in which a person who wanted to show public contrition carried a pan of burning coals on his head. Oh. The coals represented the bur- the burning pain of his shame and guilt. So when believers lovingly help their enemies, it should bring shame to such people for their hate and animosity.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's like, it's hard to really hate someone who just keeps loving you genuinely. Yeah. Like, it's, it's pretty impossible. <laughs> I mean, it's not impossible. Yeah. But it's very difficult, I would say, for like 99.9% of people to genuinely hate you yeah. if you are actually loving them in the way
1: God loves his enemies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the hope is that display of love would ultimately lead to their salvation. That should be our desire. But either way, you're trusting the Lord with it. And he just ends it there with, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good.
0: Man, even to the extent of losing one's life. Yeah. You know, that that's the ultimate call for it, right? That's yeah. where... The martyrs in the book of Revelation find themselves as where the martyrs it, throughout all of history. The history, history find of themselves. the church
1: is yeah. built on the backs of people who gave their lives up for the advancement of the gospel.
0: And it spreads it seems to spread most when the church is undergoing some form of persecution. Yeah. Throughout church history. Right. You know, and even in the book of Acts.
1: Right. And this book of Romans was written during a time of great persecution. Definitely. You Definitely. Know? So when you're you're saying, Well, you don't understand what someone did to me, I mean, this is written during a time of People being drug out of their homes and put in prison, or, or killed mm. just for their having their faith. So
0: we understand how difficult it is because yeah. we're humans too. Absolutely. Um, but again, we what do we do? Do we sit and just look on a human level, or do we look up to Christ on the cross? Father, forgive them. He's got hands he's got nails in his hands right mm-hmm. i mean the guy's got nails through his ankles mm-hmm. he he's about to have a a, a a spear stuck in his side yeah, i he's, mean
1: he's dying the most brutal way oh, you could ever die suffering
0: yeah and, and he's not saying all of you guys i wish you'd go to hell right he's saying god forgive them right right so um a lofty standard indeed right an impossible mm-hmm. standard Without for Christ. for the flesh right yeah. But but with Christ, I mean, there's so many examples. You can go to the Olivet Discourse. You can go to when Jesus commissions his 12 apostles and, and sends them out the first time. I mean, he always tells them that the Holy Spirit will be with them in mm. the midst of their tribulation and trials and right. will give them the words to speak. Right. He says, don't even think about how you're going to respond with your words beforehand. I will give you the words to say. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You have to depend upon the Lord to show his type of love. Mm-hmm. His love has to be in you. You can't manufacture this on your own. This has to be supernatural in terms of the Holy Spirit. It has to be inside of us mm-hmm. in order to do this. And as we close this portion out today, we are commanded to love everyone. And I want to say that clearly. You are commanded to love everyone. If you're a believer, this is a command. This is not a suggestion. This is not a, hey, maybe you should try to do it this way. This is the command. Yeah, We are commanded to love everyone. So we must desire their best, which means we will do everything that we can to help them to repent, and we will always be ready to reconcile, as God says in Psalm eight eighty 5, for you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. It is our duty and our delight to obey the Lord in this way, mm-hmm. to stand ready to forgive those who've sinned against us, and to be a display of of the great love and mercy God has shown the whole world by sending his son to die on the cross. And if you're a Christian, you are a recipient of that love and that forgiveness and that reconciliation.
0: Amen. Well, that's, that's been extremely helpful. And I just want to reiterate that um, this is a supernatural love. This is yeah. not something that we can muster up like has already been said. So, Lord, help us to glorify mm-hmm. you, to walk in a way that is pleasing to you, because there is no way we can do it. Apart from you, God, you told us we can do nothing. Amen. So Father, help us. Any final comments, Chad, before we sign off?
1: No. Um, next episode, we'll finish it out in talking through the transaction of forgiveness. What do we do when someone does repent? And what does that look like?
0: Wonderful. Well, we thank you all for listening to another episode of the Nehemiah Project podcast. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life-controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985-205-3022.